this episode of Photo Work, we talk to LA-based fashion photographer Lucas Passmore, who has clients such as Rails and Boot Farms. Luke shares with us the power of honing your voice, vision, and style as a photographer, and how it's way more important than buying a bunch of gear. Also, there's a lot of other topics in here, so enjoy. We want to start things off with, how did you get started? Cool. Um, so. I had been a fan of uh, fashion photography since like a very formative age, uh, specifically the works of, uh, I was born a long time ago guys, uh, specifically the works of uh, Bruce Weber, uh, Peter Lindbergh, Herb Britz, Ellen Von Unworth, Avedon, Demarchier, you know, just the icons, the legends, the staples of the fashion photography industry. Um, specifically, it's a little cheesy, um, but specifically the works of Bruce Weber in the Abercrombie and Fitch catalogs oh, yeah. of the like late 90s, early 2000s. and. Um, this is before the internet, guys. Again, super old. Uh, half Asian, so you can't, but it's super old. Very old person. Um, but this is before the internet, and uh, so, like, um, where, you know, like, the internet, of course, breaks the world open for anyone you can see. But, like, back then, like, we were limited to, like, J. Crew catalogs and L.L. Bean and Eddie Bauer catalogs and, you know, commercial lifestyle work that was very commercial lifestyle, like, where everything's really well lit, people are... Uh, smiling perfectly, and it just—it seems very contrived. Now, good for them. That's how you, you know back then. That's how you sold stuff. So cool. But Abercrombie was doing something really different back then, uh, which was a being very risque. Uh, just go ahead and Google Bruce Weber Abercrombie Quarterly. That's the name of the catalog, and you'll see what you—you'll see what I mean by risque. But it was a kind of um, commercial lifestyle that just felt very like youthful and and edgy and shot in a way that it just, I, I had never seen compared again to the, that bigger commercial work. And so, like, his, his work especially really stuck through me th through those formative ages. But, um, again, old. So, like, being a fashion photographer isn't just, like, it just wasn't accessible. It's just like, like, who does that? Like, I guess people, some weird people get their break. And it just wasn't a real viable career because it just, no one um, back then, like, you know, was really uh, thought that, you know, big, you know, world fashion photographer job could, you know, translate to a little kid from Chicago. Mm -hmm. um, so I went on with my life. Uh, I went to film school at Columbia College Chicago, got my film degree in editing, whatever that means. I can use Premiere, so good. Um, can we send you this to edit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, my rate's great. Um, and then I moved to LA, and I, I got a job with the William Morris Agency as, a, as a, an assistant in the lit department. That, the lit department right, reps, writers and directors, and whatever, it doesn't matter. Point is, is I'm, sitting at, I'm sitting at my corporate job at William Morris, and I'm on the, I'm on the, I'm on the newfangled internet. And I, um, I'm just you know, scrolling on Tumblr when Tumblr was a thing, and I discover um, this photographer, and his work was so arresting um, that, uh, that it just really stopped me, stopped me in my tracks. And I was like, who is this guy? And I look him up, and it's none other than who would go on to be my friend and mentor, uh, prolific LA photographer Kessler Tran. Now, I didn't know him at that time, but I saw his work, and it was just, again, it was just very arresting from anything I'd ever seen. Yeah. Um, and uh, I looked him up, I'm like, he was in LA. And I'm like, well, I'm in LA. And like, I know, uh, like, from where I was sitting in Beverly Hills, um, I didn't live in Beverly Hills, that's where I worked. Um, not doing that well, guys. Uh, <laughs> uh, I knew he was, in within, he was within 25 miles of me. So it's like, it was just weird. It's, instead of like Bruce Weber or Patrick mm. Demarche, these like, world-class photographers who were, I don't know, somewhere, across the globe, he was right here. And it just seemed, that's when it kind of clicked. It seemed like photography or fashion photography was a little bit more accessible. You know, it just seemed much, that much more real. So I started following him and, and, you know, back then he was really updating his Tumblr almost every day with fresh shoots, with these amazing 
models all in LA. And again, it just, it just started to become a lot more concrete for me. Um, and then I saw that he was offering a workshop. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna go learn in one day how to shoot exactly like this guy. And I'm sure it's super easy. So I, I did my research. I saw that at the time, so this was 2008, I believe, um, or 2007, he was using a 5D Mark II and a, and a 24 to 70. And I didn't even know what that was, but I'm like, okay, I'll just go and buy what he has because that's, that's how you replicate an image is you buy the exact same equipment yep. the photographer has, right? That's how, that's how it works. Yeah, that's how people um, yep. exactly how it works. <laughs> so I was like, how much is a camera? It was like 5D Mark II at the time. It was like, like I don't know, like $2,900. Mm -hmm. Like, geez, all right, I guess that's what it takes. Mm -hmm. um, and then I took the workshop from him. I was expecting, when I went to his studio, I was expecting to see like, kind of like you said, I mean, Maybe you can insert footage of the studio insert here, footage, where it's sure. just like gear and stuff and assistants and reflectors and expensive lights. Like it was basically, uh, uh, you know, like he didn't use anything at all. Like for his studio work back then, he used a beauty dish. Mm. Everything else was natural light at the right time of day. But what he taught us most of all is that it's it's a hundred percent about um, having a vision and hundred percent about interacting and directing the model. Everything else, all the fancy gear, all the fancy lenses, all the fancy equipment, all the assistance with all the lights and all the reflectors could come in useful one day if you had like a job that required that. Mm -hmm. But for, for, for what that workshop was and for whom everyone getting started in photography, like you don't need anything. You don't even need a 5D Mark IV now, I guess, is what's out. You don't, don't, don't waste your money. Like you need to understand like A, just the basics of photography, but like why you're shooting mm -hmm. and you don't need a fancy camera to understand to begin to understand or to try to crack to understand why you're shooting mm -hmm. so uh while again like um those those you know those iconic photographers were always kind of embedded in me and informed my love of imagery and of fashion and beauty um it was it was kessler in that specific workshop that showed me like oh you can do it too mm -hmm. uh and then um from there it just kind of it's kind of took off i started testing for agencies um and I started testing, then I started testing for better agencies and better agencies give you better girls. You know, I started working with better girls. Everyone's beautiful again. But I started working with better girls and then my book got better. It wasn't, it wasn't like I was shooting anything fancy. It's just like, you know, I think the, I, I don't know who coined this phrase, but uh, if, if I just took a flat picture of Kate Moss against this wall right here and you guys took a, this picture with all these brown color lights and parabolic umbrellas of just a very lovely but ostensibly like normal girl, mm -hmm. like my photo's gonna be better because it's Kate Moss. Because you're curating who you're shooting. Mm -hmm. um, so I learned that too. Um, and over the course of several years, um, I just built my book out. And about 2014 is when I started really making a lot of, not a lot, a lot of money is like, you know, like a couple bucks a day, you know, but like I started making enough money where I could like, I could quit my bartending job. I could like, you know, sustain myself full time uh, on, a, on a modest uh, photographer salary. Mm -hmm. But that to me was like, a good breakthrough. Yeah. You know, so. But as far as accessibility goes, I mean, Instagram really, I mean, that they, this has just really changed, I'm saying obvious things, but it has really changed the fashion industry, how it works, even the fashion, uh, sorry, like model representation, mm -hmm. how that works, mm -hmm. um, and clients having access, direct access to models, circumnavigating the, um, or circumventing the, uh, the agencies, it's a real problem. There's a whole thing about brands, um, like, giving you free stuff to shoot, but then wanting to use it in exchange. It's just a whole, it's a whole mess. Um, so it's really the Wild West right now. Um, but I think what's good about it is it is that the young kids coming up, the kids who are my age, like 
no longer is it a mystery. Mm -hmm. Like there's still, of course, there's still like how do you, there's still accessibility points, mm -hmm. but it's not like out of the question because mm -hmm. you're seeing so much photography. Mm -hmm. Like Instagram's saturated, obviously it's an image-based platform, but, right. but I mean with professional photographers um, or aspiring photographers, it's saturated with that stuff. So there's no like great mystery of how can I be? It's just like, okay, well, who can help me now? Okay. Um, so it's, very, it's a very good thing. Well, actually, let's talk about that. For some people, like, looking from the outside, it, there's a little bit of a mystery of, like, how do you really get started? Like, what is, like, beginner and then, like, up a little bit? Like, what are those pain points and what's, like, some right. entry-level stuff? Yeah. yeah. Well, first off, again, like, if you want to get into photography, you obviously need a camera. Um, I'm not, like, the biggest proponent of, you know, like, be an iPhone photographer. There's certain, that's a whole genre, and for you who really enjoy and love that, great, keep doing it. I don't think you can show up to a $100,000 production with an iPhone, so just know <laughs> that there's that kind of that barrier. Um, but aside from that, if you want to get started, get yourself a nice used digital F uh, DSLR, mm -hmm. di SLR, digital SLR, um, uh, because, um, that's going to have the same basic functions as, as you know, uh, a phase one, 100 megapixel IQ 97 billion, or, or a 5D Mark IV, or a 5DS, or a Sony a7S III, mm -hmm. which has just got announced. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it's the same like ISO, um, aperture, shutter speed. Like that's, that's kind of what you like, just mm -hmm. need for the basics. Yes, learn your different meeting modes. Yes, like uh, a 1DX2 is gonna have a faster burst rate. Mm -hmm. You don't need that when you're first starting out. What you need to understand is who you are, which is a lot to ask of you know, someone who's like just getting into, uh, especially younger people, because they don't even know who they are anyway, let alone like as a photographer. Mm -hmm. But who you are and how you see uh, beauty, fashion, love, sex, like all these things, uh, uh, like that, that needs to start forming because that is why you're gonna get hired. Uh, is, is because of your vision. Because we can all, like I said, we all can have Visco filters and, uh, to, you know, and, and Photoshop and Lightroom for very, very inexpensive uh, uh, entry points. But, so that says, this industry is gonna get very saturated, it already is, obviously. So what, what breaks you through all the din, all the clones, all the kind of like, the, the same people, uh, is your specific voice and vision. What do you have to say, um, again, as, as a visual artist? And companies are gonna see that and want you to do that for them. Here's the problem, though, is like we expect, and I think this is natural, like, like, like don't try to be everything. Don't try to be uniform. Don't try to shoot for J. Crew and for, um, you know, Hot Topic. Mm -hmm. Hot Topic. <laughs> <laughs> are they still a thing? I don't know, sorry, but Hot Topic, by the way, if you're hiring, we like, <laughs> Call yeah, one yeah, of yeah, us. Call one of us. <laughs> but um, I mean, or like, uh, let, let me back up. Uh, so you don't want to. You can't shoot for Alexander McQueen uh, and J.C. Penney. Probably also not in business still. Again, old. Um, you can't go high fashion and then like broadly commercial and yeah, then yeah. like super. You know, like, I mean, it's like don't expect to do all that stuff. You're, like your voice and vision isn't going to be right for every single brand in existence. Right. Is what I mean. Uh, and don't try to be. You have to be true to yourself, obviously with a little bit of commercial flair because you do want to get hired. Um, you do have to be true to yourself and, and not worry about like conquering the market, but just, just it'll come, like they will come to you, the right clients will come to you because they're going to be the ones who want to use your voice and not, because what I don't love is when clients come to me and like we love this, we love what you did here, 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 now shoot, we want you to shoot for us and it's completely different. Now, I'm a sellout so I will take that money 
hundred percent. But I am curious. I'm like, why do you like me so much and then incite my work and then tell me to do something completely different? Right. Now that's where your kind of broader skills of photographer comes in. This is where educating yourself like and having a broader kind of a formative experience and seeking out new experiences and experimenting when you're coming up in photography is important. So you can take those broader jobs and it's like, I don't know, just light it with a giant reflector, it's fine. Like, you know, um, but, um, but really you're gonna have the most success both like internally, like as an artist and as commercially, if you stay true to, to how you see again, beauty, fashion, love, emotion, sex, all that stuff. Cause that's all, that's all fashion. Mm -hmm. But, but there's a very mathematical element uh, and a very technical to, to photography that appeals to a lot of, mm -hmm. a lot of brains. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's, that's just the beginning, it's one part. I would even argue that as you ascend, uh, you know, kind of an experience in, in your career, mm -hmm. you become more of a director, mm -hmm. like, a, like a theater director or a film director, more than a photographer. Uh, and that's where you start hiring on like assistants. And this is not, when I say assistants, these aren't like kids who like bring you coffee and pick up your dry cleaning and pack your gear. Like proper photo assists are like great photographers and great technical photographers in their own right. They know all different types of lighting systems and brands, all different types of camera bodies, film and digital. And they'll be able to uh, execute light, set up your vision better than you can because you need to be focused on interfacing with the client mm -hmm. and, and getting to know the talent so the talent connects with the camera. Mm -hmm. That's what it's really become, like, really more for me, mm -hmm. um, which is cool because that I don't to, like do so much. I can just kind of like, oh, you guys, I'm paying you. Just go set all that stuff up. I'm going <laughs> to go hang out with the models and the makeup girls. <laughs> but, um, but, like, but that just goes to show it's like, people who like really pride themselves uh, on their supreme technical abilities, good for you, but know that's just one third of it, maybe. Like the other half is being able to like be unsocially awkward and be able to direct and be confident, like finish, like make your day, finish on time, on budget. Like that's a, that, is a, that is such a skill. Uh, the, and to be able to network and go out to parties and like you may not want to go, and especially at my age, like again, like, my old, my back medicine, oh, just, I'm so old. But then like, yeah, but like, you know, the agency has a party like in Hollywood, it, you know, at 10, it starts at 10 o'clock at night and on, like, on a Tuesday and you're like, that's the last thing I want to go to. But you need to go to be able to be seen to and, and like interact and interact and meet new people because those are all potential clients or you're, you're there to make people remember that you still are still alive. Yeah. There's, a old, there's an old Simpsons episode where, um, it's a Halloween episode, but the billboards come alive. For you nerds, you know what I'm talking about. It's like House of Horrors or Hot Season 3 or something. Treehouse. Uh, Treehouse. Treehouse of Horrors, thank you. Uh, but the billboards come alive and the way they defeat them is they just turn their backs. And it's like advertising is, a, advertising is, is an interesting thing. Once people stop paying attention, they, it ceases to exist. Mm. You are your face, you're, literally, you're the literal face of your brand, so you need to be able to go out and remind people Oh, Passmore, you're still alive? I thought you died like in the 60s. Uh, <laughs> we happen to have a swim client coming in, you know, like their budget's kind of on your level. Do you want to shoot? Like, and they only thought of me because like I was there, you, there. you know? Um, so so that, these are all skills that kind of make up uh, a, a working fashion photographer, at least in this market, mm -hmm. which is Los Angeles. Um, I'm sure it goes for other markets too. Um, so again, like it just doesn't, and begin and end with buying a camera and some digital filters and some lights. There's so much more to it. And it takes a long time to cultivate it. It takes people, some people longer, it takes other people overnight. Not really, but shorter time. Um, these are all very important things. 
Mm -hmm. What are your top tips for somebody who's not brand brand new, mm -hmm. they're kind of rising in their career, but and they definitely want to elevate, what would you recommend for that? Cool. So the, the hardest tip, uh, the hardest pill to swallow is if you really want to make a run at commercial fashion photography, uh, or even high fashion photography, same thing really, um, uh, you really have to think about what market you're in and what market you need to be in. Um, and, and at least in the United States here, there is, it's New York, LA, and that's kind of it. <laughs> Miami has its season for sure. It's definitely, a, it definitely is a market, but I would say like in, in, in the United States, it's definitely second tier. Mm -hmm. No offense, Miami, it's just more works out here. I don't want to tell you. But like, and <laughs> Chicago, where I'm from Chicago, like there, while there are agencies there and there's certainly a little bit of work there, you're not gonna, you're not gonna really like kind of start shooting for bigger and better things and shooting, uh, having access accessibility to better talent. If you just stay in Chicago, believe me, if I could live in Chicago, I love that town. I would, I would have stayed there or moved back if there was a viable, yeah. sustaining market there. Um, but so that, so wherever you are in the United States, if you're not in LA or New York, I would really consider transplanting there um, at least for a, a little while. Like, and not like, don't give yourself a year. Give yourself two, three, four years um, to really try to get a foothold in and and, and kind of start rising. Um, so that's the hardest part because both those, both those cities are ridiculously expensive okay. and like yeah. you're, you're going into and like also saturated with people who want to do exactly what you're doing. Yeah. Um, but don't be afraid of that, but just know it's just not going to be as easy as walking off the plane and, and oh, here's a lookbook. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so that's probably the most important one is you have to go where the work is. Mm -hmm. Um, so the second one would be, I see a lot of kind of like novice, amateur entry level, not up to novice photographers, kind of only doing portraits. Portrait, 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 portraits. And that's great, and fashion portraiture is a part of fashion photography, but again, like, you want to start getting the big, the big, the bigger paychecks and shooting, like, bigger things, like, um, uh, for Love and Lemons or Free People or Anthropology, like, if you page to their lookbooks or their catalogs, uh, it's not like you're just seeing portrait after portrait after portrait, no. you're seeing a story, and so this leads me into what you need to start transitioning to is if you're only doing a lot of portraiture, you find yourself doing a lot of unrelated portraiture, uh, meaning like each, okay, so let's say you shoot a girl, um, three looks, and all three of them are portraits, and they don't really connect, they're not cohesive, they're just, they're just in different settings. You need to start thinking about uh, stories. So, so another, another, another uh, word for uh, stories and fashion photographies are editorials. Um, and all editorials are are a series of images um, that when put together share a common theme. People think story, they think narrative. Like, mm -hmm. And certainly editorials can be narrative. Narrative is like literally like uh, Jack and Jill. Mm -hmm. Here's Jack and Jill, so photograph Jack and Jill. Then they go up the hill, they get the pail of water, <laughs> then they come down. That's your, that's your six image story. That's, that's, that's literal and that's fine, but know that stories don't have to be like that. Stories can just share a common theme, like mm -hmm. the color red, mm -hmm. or, that, or it's just like uh, a farm story where you shoot six or seven uh, or 11 images, um, there's no real thing, there's mm -hmm. no real limit. Uh, although there is, they'll shoot like 50. Yeah. That's a little bit much. Um, on a farm, it's like, okay, now she's on a tractor, now she's holding a sheep, now she's in the barn, like, you know, standing on the threshold. Of the, you know, it's like, it's not, she's not, you don't, there's no story, like, there's no literal story of her on the farm. It's just like, you can tell that this is a cohesive, you know, story. Mm -hmm. um, but again, it can be very abstract too. It could be like just different color belts could mm -hmm. be a story. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But as long as it's something that when you look at them together, it's cohesive. Mm -hmm. So why I'm saying that's important is because you shooting editorials, especially to get them published, um, 
this is a good way to show that you can shoot lookbooks because what lookbooks are for brands are basically editorials or stories, but they, instead of like mixing up different uh, clothing brands like they are in magazines, this is all just one, obviously it's like head to toe one brand, but it's still the same thing. It's like, we wanna show our customers, we wanna have them to follow this model uh, and, you know, through the story of you know, what, what we're offering for spring 2018. Mm -hmm. um, and so once you start shooting lookbooks, then, you then that that's paves, paves the way to campaigns. Mm -hmm. And when you get campaigns, like, that is when you're starting to really like, have an imprint in the industry. And the money you make, you can use to buy beer. Mm. And when you drink that beer, you'll be awesome. When you're over 21, all right? Cool. Anyway. Okay. You can so, tell my priorities what I spend all my money on. So move to either LA or New York. Yep. Uh, learn to shoot a story. Mm -hmm. Editorial. 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 Yeah. And drink a beer. Yeah, and drink, drink and beer, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. I, but I think, like, I mean, sure, there's, the, I, I mean, I could maybe rattle off a couple more tips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but the takeaway is definitely that is yeah. you have to be and live in the market, at least for a while. Mm -hmm the one you kind of want to work in. Mm -hmm. um, like, I just went to a, 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 a gallery show by a photographer by the name of Harper Smith. Amazing, look her up, Harper Smith, spelled how it sounds. Um, but <laughs> Harper Smith, look her up, she's amazing. Um, she started out in commercial fashion and now she's kind of like moved, I mean, she still absolutely does it, but she's moved, she, moves, she moves into like celebrity portraiture mm -hmm. and a lot of other different things. But she lives in Texas. Mm -hmm. She lived in LA for the longest time, mm -hmm. but she built up her brand here uh, to where she, her, like she elevated herself as a photographer to like, okay, well, wherever you are, we'll go to you or we'll fly you to wherever you, but like, so she's able to get out of LA and live where she wants, but she lived for a while at least in the market, you know, in the industry that she wanted to work in. So there's a prime example of don't be afraid. You don't have to live in LA forever, in New York forever, but you do have to move there for a little bit at least. That's really the most important one. Mm -hmm. And the other one again is, you know, like stories, stories and editorials lead to lookbooks, lookbooks lead to campaigns, campaigns lead to billboards, and billboards lead to your money. So, yes. Um, yes, yes, yes. Just kidding. There, I mean, there's a million other like, like little conduits and pathways to get where you want to go, but um, that's kind of the broad strokes of it. Thanks for watching. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Lucas Passport. Stay tuned for part two, where we talk about a taboo topic, pricing. As well as a bunch of other stuff. We'll see you.